Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another exciting and thrilling episode of Made Man, where today I talk about episode four of season three, The Arrangements. The Arrangements, what does that mean? I always try to find the, um, the literal meaning of the episode title and maybe some subtext to it. Um, I'm not sure if I found subtext. Maybe. Maybe I did. Uh, but let's be honest. The arrangements uh, are really talking about Peggy's dad. And we'll get into that. Um, a lot happened in this episode. We got a lot of home life and we got uh, a bunch of stuff going on in the office. So I'm just going to kind of jump right in and talk about everything. I just finished watching it, so I'm sure it's fresh in my mind, and I'm sure I'll be out of order. I'm sure I'll miss things, but that's the that's the joy of, of uh, spontaneous podcasting. Spodcasting. Maybe did I just come up with a new term? Spodcasting? Um, I'm not sure. But anyway, this episode, um, st- I believe it starts. I just watched it. I believe it starts with uh, a new client, a young fella who is really interested in the sport of high lie. He's a rich boy. He has money to spend, and he thinks he thinks he's going to be having the new sport that in six months is going to take over baseball. And this is what sixty years ago, so that almost sixty years ago. Um, in in you know nowadays, a lot of people are like, "Oh, baseball's so old-fashioned," and um, you know it's like an old person sport. Um, but 60 years ago, people were still thinking that people that things were going to pass baseball. Well, uh, obviously, uh, I don't know if this was ever a craze in the 60s. I don't know if people tried to make it a craze in the 60s. But as you can tell, uh, it never did take over. But this guy, we got this young client who went to school with Pete. Uh, he's got a rich daddy, and he's got millions of dollars to spend of his own that he got from his daddy. Um I say daddy, if you ever watch Smoking the Bandit, you know when I say, hey daddy, that's from Smoking the Bandit, and now I've completely gone on a tangent. So anyway, this guy has lots of money from his daddy, and he um, he wants to waste it, or I mean I mean spend it, on the future sport of high lie. He's, he, he has his like fancy uh, derby hat or you know whatever it is, Cuban hat. That he wears in there, he's trying to talk big, like, "Oh, I've been here, I've been there, and this is the big sport, and and this is the this guy will be the big star." He wants, he wants, like, and they were basically, like, um, just appeasing him. They were like, "Okay, you want to spend money? You have, well, well, this is ridiculous, but sure, whatever you want." He was talking about uh, he wants movies, not just not just sports shows. He wants movies starring this guy as an action hero. He wants. They were like, why don't, why don't I have a musical? He's like, I want to be on every network at the same time live. No, nobody's ever done it. I want to be like the presidential address. All three networks live at the same time. They're like, no one's ever done that. He's like, right. Or, uh, and he's like, I want to be on color on every network. And they're like, CBS doesn't have color. I'm surprised he didn't say, well, we're going to make them have color. This kid um, is was basically one of those kids who was... Um, born on third base and thought he had a triple you know he the silver spoon in this guy's mouth i'm surprised he could talk the silver spoon is so big in this guy's mouth and pete could care less pete sees this guy as you know just money coming his way and he's gonna help him spend it uh don you could see had some trepidation don um was kind of concerned and 
actually talked to the I don't know the British guy's name yet, but he's he's basically above Don. And he talked to him about, you know, it he he brought up some concern and Pete was like hogwash, you know, I don't think he said hogwash, but he was like you're not going to take this from us. This is a it's like having the, a go- golden goose land in your lap. Uh but but the British man did bring it to Bert Cooper because he's like, do you know who this guy is? This guy's father is friends with Bert Cooper. If they're gonna, if they see us taking advantage of his son, I don't think that's a good idea. He's a shipping magnet. He's a he's obviously a super rich guy. Um, and Pete was like, you know, he just wants to spend his money. It's, it's not a big deal. You don't have to ruin this. But the British folk, British fella, did go to Bert, and they brought in the father, and they brought in Don Draper, and it was good because the British guy said, you know, Don actually is the guy who had. Um, is the one who was a little nervous, had a little trepidation about this. I thought that was good. They weren't going behind Don's back. They weren't. Um, they were going behind Pete's back. But who gives a crap about Pete? Um, and Bert was like, you know, I don't have kids, so I don't know how this how how this makes you guys feel. But the guy's father was like, look, you know, I he has all this money and support because of me, and you know, I we gave him this money as a trust when he was a child. We didn't know what kind of person we were making. Um, but he's like, if he's an idiot who wants to, you know, waste all his money doing this, go for it. Do it. And they were like, really? Uh, and the guy's like, yeah, he goes, you know, maybe someday when he doesn't have it, any of it, and he falls flat in his face, you know, he'll see um, what he's done. But at this point, go for it. So, all right, they're going to go for it. And they end up um, taking the guy out, well, taking the guy out for dinner. And the guy, first the guy was like, I'm going to take you out for dinner. And they're like, no, no, we take you out for dinner. Pete's like, we're the ones who spend money on you for dinner. This kid's so stupid, he doesn't even know that. So they do, they go out for dinner, and they're talking uh, just a little bit about the business. And he's like, oh, you got to drink. Oh, no, he's like, he's everything he says is like a brag. It's like, oh, you have to have Mexican. One day this will all be rum and Mexican beer. Have you ever had it? You must drink it down there because of the water. Uh, the The... The famous guy that he wants to make into a star, he's like, oh, he lost weight just from drinking the water. He had a weird name like Screechy or Peachy. I, I honestly don't remember, and I just watched the episode. That's how that's how we roll here at Made Man. We don't prepare. We watch. We hit record. And uh, that's why we have dozens and dozens and dozens of listeners. Oh, yes. And thank you for listening. Uh, tell a friend. So Don was basically like, look, you have this obsession and you have this money, maybe you want to focus and put your focus elsewhere. And you could see Pete being like, Don, what are you doing? You're ruining this for us. And the guy being so stupid and stubborn is like, I see what you're doing here. This is a ploy to try to push me away and push and bring me back. It's not going to work. And then he got really serious and says, just let me just let it be known that if the high life fails, it's your fault. I thought that was like, Jesus, this guy, you know, is this going to come back to bite them that they took this guy? Is he going to cry to his daddy? But the dad is obviously in on it. He knows that, you know, this is a big, giant waste of time, but he doesn't care. Um, so what else happened with this guy? Oh, he did send some high life rules and some and uh, some equipment, like the blade that they throw things with, a giant glove and a ball. And he says, I want to call it the NG. They, they told the he told them they want to call it the NJAA, I think, the National High Eye uh, Association of America or something like that. I don't know. But um, I didn't realize High started with a J, and Don's like, that's going to really confuse people. And he um, took the mitt 
and he tried to uh, use it with the ball, and he ended up smashing, I think it was an ant farm. He smashed a giant ant farm. He's like, oh, bill it to the kid. Um, so I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny. That's pretty much it with that client. Now, we did also have another client um, who came in who was uh, talked about today, and I don't know if it's if this is the end of it or if it's something more happening, but remember Pepsi uh, has a diet drink called Patio, and they want to had they want to have the campaign where it's basically an exact exact replica of Bye Bye Birdie, um, and they they remember they've been casting. They watched the Bye Bye Birdie stuff. They wanted to do a thing with Patio, uh, replacing the Bye Bye Birdie song, just kind of a shot for shot remake, redoing the song with a woman who kind of looks like Anne Margaret, and. What happened was, and I just watched it, the director backed out, or the director couldn't work, or the director left. I don't remember. They had to, they lost the director, and um, Don was like, well, why don't we just have Sal do it? And you could see the look on Sal's face, like, what? And Don's like, he's been doing the storyboard, he knows it, you know, might as well give it give it a shot. What, what could it hurt? You know, it's a no-brainer. And the look on Don, on Sal's face to me, I'm try, I was trying to read into this a little bit. Um, Sal, of course, is flattered. Sal was also. I'm wondering if Sal was like, "Oh my goodness, Don is still taking a chance on me. Don still values me." You know what he saw at the hotel, me with that other guy. He doesn't care, or he doesn't. It, it's not going to ever get in the way of my professional career with working with Don. And I, I almost felt like it was excitement and relief. I don't know. Maybe that's me reading into it. I like to read things. Um, so apparently they shot... Oh, so so we got a little home time with Sal. And Sal's, you know, working in, in his bed and his cute-as-a-button wife comes out in a little teddy, a little, little negligee, and tries to seduce him and they kiss a little bit. He's like, I have to work. I have to work. She's like, oh, you know, I, I, I know you've been so busy. I do have some needs and he's like I'm, I apologize and he says I've been so you know stressed with work because everything wants photography now and no one wants a drawing artist anymore this is my chance to do something more and you know he the wife's like oh I know and she kind of like begrudgingly accepts that and they're like what is this um, you know she he kind of says this is what the <clears throat> Excuse me. This is what the uh, commercial is. So he gets up and he and he acts out the full commercial, and he does it. You know, a little flamboyantly, a little like he. You could like, I mean, if you thought that this guy was a gay person, you you wouldn't be shocked and say, oh, he he seems like a gay person, like a gay guy. And you know, I wonder if that just dawned on his wife because she kind of looked like, huh. And after he was done showing, you know, acting the whole thing out, he puts his arm around her and he's like, you know, this is, you know, he was all in a good mood. And she just had this look on her face like she just saw a ghost. Now, I don't know if for the first time she realizes, oh, my goodness, you know, is am I married to a gay person or I, I don't know, is something something's up? Is this what is up? Is this why he won't touch me? And, you know, I'm thinking, what took you so long in the first place? I mean, to me, I, I mean, but again. I'm not from the I'm not in the '60s. I'm someone who's got you know 50 years of, of um, no, not me. No, no, no. I've got 42 years of life. 
But I mean, there's been 60 years since then of you know growth and acceptance for the most part. I'm, I'm not even going to get into that. But you know, it's a different world than it was then. Um, and you know, the fact that maybe she looked like scared and shocked means that maybe it just dawned on her that she'd been blinded all this time. I don't know. But you could definitely see something affected or something kind of clicked in her head. Um, but, you know, this whole uh, patio thing, not going to be. So the only time we saw Roger in the entire episode was he was in a filming with the Pepsi people. Of They were showing off the patio, um, showing off the patio ad. They filmed the whole thing with the girl singing, uh, you know, patio, patio, instead of Bye Bye Birdie, Bye Bye Sugar. And it was pretty much an exact replica of Bye Bye Birdie. But Pepsi was like, eh, I don't know, something about it. I, it just doesn't work. And they're like, um, what? Like, this is exactly what you wanted. He goes, no, it is exactly what we wanted. And it's it's a failure on our part, but it is a failure. And we're sorry, everybody. And you know, they all leave, and Peggy looks at Don. Peggy walks out of the office while she's walking out of the meeting. Just looks at Don with a little smirk on her face, and I didn't get that at first. But I'm looking back at it right now. She's the one who said, "You know, having a a skinny right." Didn't she have some trepidation of having this like beautiful skinny woman showing a diet drink because she doesn't even need the diet drink? Wasn't it something like that? She kind of had trepidation of this whole. Um, this whole campaign, I think. And that's why she was almost smirking. Like I told you guys, it wasn't right. Right. Am I correct in that? I mean, it's, you know, I have only, I only watch one episode a week. Like, like the people in the olden days who watched these shows the first time. But I think that's why she did that. It has to be. Um, but a very cool thing was that, um, uh, after the, um, after the, Oh wait, no, no, no. This is what happened. Okay. So very cool thing happened. Sal came to Don's office later basically to apologize for the failure. Um, and Don got a quick phone call. We're going to cover all that. Got a quick phone call and had to leave. But he says, look, this is, you're going to have to deal with this now because you're a commercial director now. And he was like, what? I, am I? He goes, well, if I choose to hire you again. So you could see Sal was on cloud nine because he finally did find something that he could possibly do that's more towards the future than these these uh you know the art that he did in the past that people are steering away from in in um, in lieu of photographs. So good for Sal, good for Sal. But that phone call, that phone call that Don got wasn't very very good. No, no, that phone call was uh, bad news and sad news for the Draper family. See, another thing, another thing going on in this episode was we saw a lot of time with Betty's dad. Um, and was it Gerald? I'm, I'm already, you know, I'm, I'm terrible at these things. Um, and we got a lot of time with him and the kids. In fact, the episode opened. Okay. Now I remember, I think the episode opened with, with grandpa in the car and friggin' Sally driving and Bobby in the back seat. Right. That's how the episode opened. Sally is driving him and like this guy he's obviously having some dementia he's he's you know he's getting older um and he's letting his what is it i'm gonna say nine ten year old granddaughter drive 
Bobby's in the back. No one's wearing seatbelts because that's not what people did then. And they're just running errands or driving. And she actually speeds up and you see the smile on her face. And, you know, if this was like another TV show, we'd see like the car coming out of nowhere in an accident or an accident. Every time I see the kids in the car without a seatbelt, I'm expecting an accident to happen. And I remember it did like the first, first, first time we ever uh like the first episode of, of Mad Men or the first couple episodes. But you, you, we're not going to see that because, you know, this isn't a, oh, my God, the, she forgot to put her seatbelt on these kids or they forgot to put seatbelts on. This is just this is how life was. You didn't have an accident every day, but every day you drove around without your seatbelt on. And that's what you're seeing. It just stands out now. And it really stands out to me. I'm like, uh, put these kids uh, in a seatbelt, please, please. Thank you. Um, but, you know, they spent a lot of time this uh this episode, even though the last episode, what, she stole his money or a couple episodes ago, I forget already. But he also spent time with Bobby because he uh, he took out this box. He opened it up. He actually had Bobby open it up with a giant knife, which, again, I'm like, OK, this isn't safe. And, you know, Don's reading the paper, looking on and he takes out an, an ep- a replica of the Gettysburg Address. He takes out he shows him some things, uh, uh, an old uh, Medal of Honor or a medal of freedom um and he also takes out a i think it's a german's world war one soldier's helmet with the hole in it that he shot the guy in the head he took the helmet as a trophy and he wanted to give it to bobby he ends up he goes look the dry blood's in there and bob bobby's like war is bad and you know even even bobby knew um and uh the grandfather's like oh you know he kind of blew him off he put the 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 sold the hat on Bobby's head to the point where Don was like, "Nope, we're not doing that." Nope, he, and they're like, "He could do it. It's his hat. You could put the hat on if you want." He's arguing, and later he um, he well, Don gets up, walks by, takes the hat, and just takes it off his head and walks away with it. Um, this is I want to say Gerald Gerald Humphreys number two, right? Because there's another one at the bank with the same name. Guys, you know I, I'm bad with names you know i finally learned i finally know paul kinsey kenneth kenneth cosgrove these names are stuck in my head now but the grandfather you know his name didn't stick in my head uh as well as it could have but maybe it will going down the line i don't want to spoil anything but it won't um so what else do we have oh so he had some time with betty and he's like betty i want uh i need to talk to you come sit down you shouldn't be cleaning up after the maid. Uh, and he's like, listen, um, he opens up a folder and he has all the arrangements for his funeral. And Betty does not want to talk about it because remember, don't forget, Betty is a child. She is a child. And I have more evidence of this. She's a selfish little child. So Betty um, doesn't want to hear about the arrangements. He's like, everything's here. You just kind of got to do this. Um, you know, you're the, the, the tra- my will is transparent. So you, take care of everything you get everything or something like that um he he's like you can have mom's coats the, the mink and the I, the chinchilla and you know it's like what a world that these like i'm giving you all the fancy coats um he he was upset that she tried to smoke he's like don't don't commit suicide in front of you in front of you i don't want to see you smoking which was interesting so someone someone knows that smoking is bad and it seems to be the old uh the old man but it wasn't about the pregnancy thing because she was stressed out about him talking about arrangements and she's like, I don't want to hear this, Daddy. I'm your daughter. 
and he was like, uh, fine, have your cigarette. He didn't care that, you know, she's with child. Um, God, people are so stupid. Oh, Betty. Oh my God. She's, she's the most, she's the mostest stupidest. Uh, and I, I just dislike her and I, and it's not the actress. It's, it's the way the character to me is written as a selfish little brat. Um, who hasn't had it easy. I'm not going to lie. You know, she's been, she's been crapped on by her own husband, but to me, she is a, um, she still comes off as a selfish only child. Um, and she does not want to talk about the arrangements for her father's funeral. Get it? Arrangements. So the this episode is called The Arrangements. And we have someone talking about his funeral arrangements. So that's obviously what the episode's about. Right? I assume that's the whole thing. Or at least that's on the face um, of the episode. That's where you get the term, The Arrangements. Uh, later on in the episode... Grandpa is hanging out with uh, Sally again, and they're eating ice cream, and it seemed ridiculous, and at the same time, I thought, salty and sweet, and I don't want to do that because I don't want to die, but I also do want to do it because it seems like it probably tastes amazing, and you know, he's having a cute little moment with um, with Sally because she's like, um, I don't, uh, I, I, you know, mommy doesn't let us eat ice cream before dinner. He's like, well, I'll, I'll be on the lookout. You can have some. And she takes a scoop. And he's like, oh, no, here she comes. He's like, I, she's like, I knew you were going to do that. She's like, oh, this, this you know, ice cream's good. And he's like, yeah. He goes, it kind of, it's got a funny taste. It kind of tastes like oranges or smells a little like oranges, doesn't it? And friends, folks, that was what we call foreshadowing. That was the first thing I thought, wait a second. You know, uh, and then I looked it up a little bit and I didn't I didn't find much. But I know that I've heard in the past that, you know, if you smell burnt toast, like that means like that's you, like that could be the the start of a of a stroke, like phantom smells. And I think oranges is also one of those things. And, you know, is this mean that, you know, phantom smells that he's having? Does this mean something bad for for Betty's dad? Does this mean that, you know, something bad is going to happen? Ladies and gentlemen, we'll get to that in a little bit. But. First, let's go back and talk about Peggy, because a lot happens with her in this episode. She doesn't just walk out of the the patio meeting with a little smirk on her face. She has some things happening herself, and one of those things is she needs to get the hell out of her apartment. So she is um, over at her mom and sister's house, and her mom's really pissed about the TV, and she's really angry that the Holy Father died, so I'm assuming the Pope must have died around this time. Um, and she's smashing the TV and trying to get uh, in view. And, um, you know, Peggy's like, I thinking, I'm thinking of getting an apartment and moving into the city. And she's telling her sister this, not her mother this, right? Is this what she told her sister? Look, I, I literally just watched the episode and I could be getting all my facts wrong, but the gist of it is Peggy wants to move into the city. She wants to find, uh, she needs to get the hell out. She's, oh yeah. So she told her sister she's commuting basically an extra day a week, an extra day a month is just commuting if you add all that together. And she's got two hours commute every day. And just the fact that um, that she's making more money now, she wants to get something closer in the city. She wants to get a roommate. And the sister's like, you know, kind of trepidatious about it, but, you know, seem to uh, support her. And Peggy puts an ad up in the, in the break room of Sterling Cooper uh, as Margaret Olson, with a real plain Jane, boring ad, I'm a responsible person. I would, I don't mind dogs, but I can't do cats. 
blah 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 and of course the the uh, hijinks happen when the guys start pranking her using one of the secretaries to prank her and um it was pretty funny but she got all angry and then uh she came back to her ad and it was circled it said hi peggy even though it said margaret olsen uh, because for some reason peggy is the short is the nickname for margaret i never understood that i had an aunt peg um, and her name was Margaret. I don't know why Peg is short for Margaret, but it is and always has been. Um, and finally, um, Joan, uh, she talked to her and was like, you can't put an ad up like this. You know, you have to, you have to sp- spice it up a little. Basically, uh, you know, make it look like you're, you're having more fun. Make it look like you want to have fun, but you're professional as well. And don't put it up at here because you know, the way these people are. Everyone knows you here. Put it up somewhere else. So she follows through with that, and she does get a bite with um, a girl who seems like all she cares about is having someone who's fun-loving and adventurous, and also the same nationality as her. Uh, she just said, oh, I'll, I'll lie and tell my parents that you're this instead of this. So there was like a, a little moment where I guess this is going to be Peggy's roommate. Uh, they're going to start looking for apartments. And uh, Peggy came to tell her mom all this, and she butted her mom up by giving her mom a new television set because she could afford it. But once she told her mom about um, the moving to Manhattan, you could see that Peggy's mom is, I believe the term, uh, an, an asshole. As she got really, really bitchy with her and was like, this is the only reason you bought the TV. I can't trust anything coming out of your mouth. You're going to go to the city. You're going to get raped. Um, this is, you know, you can just move in. First she was like, oh, you don't want your apartment moving with us. But once she said where she was going, she's like... Um, you know, you're going to get raped and you're going to, you're going to, she was really, really angry with her. I can't trust you anymore. And Peggy went to give her a hug goodbye and she, she shunned away. She doesn't even want the TV. She's like, take the TV back. It's just a reminder of, of you. And if I was Peggy, I would have gone up and kicked the TV and it said, see you later, ma. Uh, and, but her sister's like, well, that went all right. She's like, it did. Uh, you know, I guess the sister was expecting worse. It was actually one line that I forgot earlier in the um, episode is she said to her, her sister said to her when she saw that she wanted to move into the city, her sister said, you're like one of those girls. And Peggy said, I am one of those girls. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but let's flash back to um, a phone call that Don got in his office. What was the phone call he got? Well, ladies and gentlemen, Peggy's father has passed away. So Sally's outside on the front porch of her house, and a policeman shows up. And she's like, Mommy, a policeman's here. Come out quickly. And he comes out. She comes out, and he's like, Ma'am, are you Gerald Humphrey's daughter? I think it's Gerald Humphrey's. I apologize if I'm wrong. And she's like, Yes. I'm really sorry to tell you he passed away. And, Peg, and Sally goes, Oh, no. Sally had more of a reaction. And Betty was like, um, Did I say Peggy? Betty was um you know just like what happened and he he passed out at the it was at the a and p is that a he, i think he, he he collapsed at a grocery store is that what an a and p is if that's what if i remember correctly again you know i just freaking watched this um but he he collapsed and he died and she's like you know he goes you know we need to know what you want to do with the body and betty's like okay and she goes in the house and closes the door her daughter is right there on the, on the porch, on the steps, distraught. And she goes into the house and closes the door, leaving Sally just leaning up against the door alone. Betty, you are a horrible, horrible person. The fact that you left your daughter out there, didn't console her, didn't hug her, nothing. All you care about is yourself. I, or, or you're just so, you're such a simpleton. You don't even know. So 
they, they, she calls Don. That's when Don gets the phone call with Sal. That's what he tells Sal. You're a commercial director, but he has to leave. He comes home, and they call up her brother and her brother's wife. They all come together, and they're just, you know, because that's what you do when someone passes away. You, you get people together, and you talk a little bit. And they talked a little bit, and they, they had a couple laughs. And Sally heard that and came into the other room. It's like, how could you be laughing? He's dead, and he's not coming back. And Betty was getting upset. And Betty's like, go, go watch television. And Sally looked at her dad. And, her, and, and Don gave a little snipe nod, and then she went. Even Sally was like, I, I'm not going to listen to you, woman. I don't respect you, Dad. Do I have to go watch TV? Oh, I do? Okay. I just thought that was a, a little interesting uh, tidbit there. Now, while these things were going on with uh, Don's, um, I mean, Betty's dad, I think Don was having some reminiscing of his dad himself because he went and looked at a few old photos and looked at his dad, and I thought there was going to be a flashback, but there wasn't. Um, but, you know, Don, rem- just realizing that, you know, Betty's dad is gone, I think just made him, or Betty's dad um, wasn't doing good, I think just made him think, oh, it was Betty's dad was talking about the war, and Don, you were in the war, and I, then he went and looked at his um, his uh, old photo, and it just made him reminiscent of the life that he's completely left behind. Um, and... My friends, I believe that's it. The episode ended with Don couldn't sleep. He went in to check on Sally, and Sally was holding the book that she reads to her grandfather. So I thought that was really sad. Sally was really close to granddad, um, and, you know, it just, I feel like, I feel worse for her than I do for Betty and for Betty's brother. I do. I do. I do. They made a joke about, um, he's like, what, what what's going to happen when I get to heaven? I have two wives, and they... The brother's like, I don't think the other one you have to worry about because that's the one who left him because she's a she's a jerk. Um, but the episode ended. It was just kind of like I thought that was sweet. The the daughter holding the book, um, the granddaughter holding the book. And then he goes in to where the room he was staying in and he closes up the cot and he kind of just like, you know, cleaning this up because it's no longer needed. And the episode ended. And that's it, my friends. Another thrilling episode of Made Man. And what happened? What happened in this episode? Well, um, Sal might be, it might have a future in television commercial directing, even though this first one didn't work out. He still did a good job. And his wife might have a future uh, as a, an ex-wife because maybe she's seen the light of day and realized something about Sal that um, she didn't realize before. Pete has a friend from college who he want, who is very rich and very stupid, and he wants to take the money from him um, to the point where he um, where where he doesn't care how bad it is. If this dummy wants to give part with his money, Pete's there to help with him. He wants to make his dreams come true, even though his dreams are stupid. Don was a little more tre- um, hesitant of it, and after speaking with this young guy's father, the dad was like, "Look, he's stupid. Just do it." And Don's like, all right, we'll take your money. And he, he still tried to talk the guy out of it. And the guy was so stupid that he he, he thought it was a sales ploy. Um, and he thinks that if High Life fails, it's Sterling Cooper's fault. And I don't think it is. Uh, Roger was just there for a moment. Bert had more lines than Roger in this in this episode. Um, Peggy. Oh, Peggy's going to get an apartment with a new roommate. Exciting stuff. After she rewrote her, um, her, her ad, thanks to Joan. And uh, Betty like still likes to smoke while she is um, while she's pregnant. Oh, she had to pick up the kids, and they're like, "I thought Grandpa was going to come, and he must have forgot." And I wonder if that's when he already passed. So, yeah, 
Betty is now an orphan. Her her father is gone. the The whole show started with her mother um, recently being gone, and now her dad is gone. And I wonder how this is going to affect her. She's already like um, like a like a childish uh, human being already. So I wonder if, what will happen, or if something will happen. I'm sure something will happen going forward with her. Uh, and I think that is it. I believe I covered everything. I'm interested to see if they keep going with Hylai and what happens with it. I'm interested to see what happens with Sal and his wife and Sal directing commercials. Um, and yeah, I think that is it. Uh, oh, and I don't know if anything's going to happen with Pepsi. Probably not. But um, my friends, thank you once again for listening and subscribing to Made Man. Um, you know, these, I, I get, I'm getting about a hundred listens, a hundred downloads per episode. To me, that is amazing. I know in the real world and the podcast world out there, um, that's probably that those numbers mean nothing. But to me, starting this out of the blue, out of nowhere from a, from a small website that gets no traffic. Uh, the fact that I'm getting anybody to listen, I really appreciate it. I've gotten tweets from people. Awesome. I get texts from my I, from guys I know that have listened. Thank you, Greg. And I just appreciate it. I appreciate it. Now, tell a friend. Make a friend and then tell a friend. And if that friend has iTunes, hack into their computer and write a review. Give it a five-star review. In fact, I'll I'll go to the, my website and I'll write a review out. And you can just copy and paste it. I won't do that, but I, I could because that's how sad I am. Uh, the more people we get to listen... The more people um, we reach, the more reviews we get. Is the more I, I, I'm I'm babbling now because I it's before work and I need to get started on work. But if if you're out there and you could write a review on whatever podcast podcast service you use, the more reviews we get, the more people will find us. The more people that find us means that uh, there's there's more people like you. I was going to say it means something. It doesn't mean anything because I'm going to be doing the show whether one person listens or a million people listen. Um, and I do it because it's fun, and I do it because I'm, I'm loving Mad Men, and this is a way to just force me to a schedule to watch this show from now until the end of the episodes, the end of the series. But until then, I will continue on my journey. You can follow me up on this journey at, made, at Made Man Pod on Twitter, Fans Not Experts on Facebook, FansNotExperts.com is the website. We're on every podcasting tool available. It just we're out there. We're 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 out there more than we have more uh, services than we do listeners. That's not true. Thank you for listening, and I'm going to continue to do this every Friday until the end of the series. I will continue my journey. Here comes here comes the big line as I strive to become a made man. Fans not experts.